audio check. On this episode of Burn Line, we talk about the Intemperance BA21 stuff. We talk about cigar stuff. 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 Mostly. A little bit of golf stuff. Yeah, I'm going to On this episode, we smoke the Romacraft Intemperance BA21, or XXI if you're not Roman. And we talk a little bit about Romacraft and starting up a cigar company. Welcome to Burn Line. Burn Line Podcast. The burn line on a well-crafted cigar is straight and sharp as a razor, much like our wit and wisdom. And welcome to Burn Line. Johnny Midas and Nick the Brick coming to you not live from the hot box, the smoky back room where deals are struck and fortunes are made. Right off of the Blanco Cigar Lounge, nestled in the massive one-block complex of the headquarters of Union Cigar in Hanover, Pennsylvania. By the time I'm done with this intro, like this time next year, we'll be like in a Death Star orbiting Nevada or something like that. Nevada's a planet, right? Well, we have a pretty interesting show for you guys today. We are smoking the Romacraft Intemperance BA-21, and uh, I didn't even have to Google what XXI meant, so all of those Roman numerals in grade school, I actually used them. Dude, I hope your, your grade school teachers are listening right now. For real, like t- your awesome. tax dollars at work, yeah. you know, it, uh, it, it paid off, so chalk that right up there with calculus with things that I've used once in my entire <laughs> life. Anyway, uh, this is a pretty cool cigar, so looking at it, uh, the presentation, first of all, this is the best cigar to go with our Burlwood custom-made ashtray and cigar holder. Like, it fits perfectly with, like, the rustic color and form of this ashtray and cigar holder. So it just looks like, it looks like a magazine photo yeah. on our uh, our green uh, felt-topped poker table that we record on. Yeah. So that is pretty cool. And, of course, we've got the box here as well. I kind of feel like with this cigar that we should start with the box and the presentation, right? Yeah. So it's super simple. Yeah, yeah. Um, the the sliding slide top all wood box. Um, very common. Yeah, very common. It's uh, I don't know. It fits like I can't imagine this cigar coming in like a traditional cigar box because it looks like something that got dug out of straw in wooden crates yeah. on the back of a souped-up like Model A Ford. Yeah, I can't see it in the 20-acre farm box or something like that. Like right, That's just right. way too, way way too, too much. Polished. Yeah. yeah, This looks like something that a bootlegger, you know, was smuggling across Iowa, you know, in 1934 or something. Um, I found a box of cigars. It fell off a truck. You know, so it it's a natural wood box it doesn't have like polish lacquer anything it's just wood it's a neutral color it's got uh, burned on the top of it the logo which is like a serpent wrapped around a, a tree so cool or, or a tree without leaves right? yeah yeah it's pretty cool looking. barren tree yeah barren tree yeah. yeah and then uh it's got intemperance cigars again like heat stamped or something on the side of it like wood burned in pretty cool uh, and I think it fits with the uh, cigar. Does it say Romacraft anywhere on here? Oh, I guess on the bottom. On the bottom of the box, it's got the Romacraft tobacco um, logo stamped in there. Uh, it has the like the quality seal you typically see and the Boveda seal. So it uh, humidified by Boveda. Humidification stamp of approval. Yeah, humidification stamp of approval. Um, and then it's got the, uh, the little sticker on the side with... The same logo, but it's like inverted. It's like a black, black sticker with a white snake tree logo. Um, and then, of course, it has like the size and and the type. So while we're on the subject, um, Intemperance is a uh, brand of Roma Craft, but it is not a cigar, right? So the Twenty Acre Farm that we smoked last week that is a cigar. It's a blend. It comes in three vitolas. Uh, Intemperance is a brand kind of like acid where you have yeah. lots of different types. 
So there are different types of intemperance cigars. So if you, you see intemperance on the shelf, you have to read on the front of the box where it says what it is. And this is the B-A-X-X-I. Uh, I can think of at least two other intemperances, and they're nothing alike. Yeah, they're the EC. Yeah. Which is English. Uh, and the Whiskey Rebellion, 1794. Yeah. Right? So the blends are dramatically different between the three cigars. So don't just see, oh, intemperance, I'm grabbing one. Right? That's like the, the brand yeah. uh, that, that Romacraft makes. So this is the B-A-X-X-I. And B-A stands for Brazilian Arapiraca. God damn, it's too early to roll my R's. Arapiraca. Rapper. My strategy with that word is just to say it as fast as you can. Arapiraca. Arapiraca, yeah. yeah. Yep, we're good. We got through it. We're done. It is a, oh, I would say like medium to dark brown. Um, definitely rustic. A little mottled, not like, you know, Holstein cow mottled, but uh, a little mottled. Kind of, kind of cool looking. You know, it looks like a surprise I found in the basement or something like that. Oh, God. Um, it has a... I don't know. It's not quite a shag foot, but it's a shag foot. It sticks out of the end of the end of the wrapper a couple of millimeters. Yeah, and that's the binder too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's not just they didn't. It's not just filler leaves that are sticking out and flaring out. Like it's right. <laughs> it's the whole cigar except for the wrapper. Yeah, sticks out like two millimeters. Uh, this is a short perfecto. So we're smoking the Envy. That's the uh, name they give to the Vitola which is a 5x50 short perfecto, so not a Parejo cigar. And if you listen to our episode about cigar shapes, you'll know the difference between a Figurado and a Parejo. This is a Figurado. Yeah. Robusto. Torpedo tip on the head, and then it's a tapered at the foot, yep. but not to a nipple point. But not to a nipple point. Yeah. Yep. Um, binder and filler are Nicaraguan. So I'm kind of expecting a strong smoke, but uh, I don't want to, to give the bag away just yet. We'll, we'll smoke through it. And uh, with that, I think it is time for our official cutting of the cigar. And our uh, cutting today, I am clipping with the cheapest double guillotine open-backed cutter that I could find. This is the uh, the cheap one that I bought to like keep in my glove box. Um, and so I am kind of testing it today to see if it's worth $4.99 or if I should <laughs> go ahead and spend the $29.99 on a real one. Yeah, we just did. We talked about cutters, right? Yeah, we talked about cutters. And it looks like you've gotten Oliva. Yeah. Same, double guillotine, open-backed. Yep. Doesn't look super special. No, no. Branded, but... Yeah, it's a freebie that they usually give out at events. Yeah, it's just metal and plastic like mine. Yep. Okay. It's probably the same one. Mine just never got branded. Shout out to Corey Wright. Corey, you're the man. You the man, Corey. Let's give this thing a clip. And, as always, we remind you to clip your cigar with authority. No limp-wristed clipping allowed. We don't want to crush that wrapper. Do you do the angle? Do you cut the the torpedoes at the angle? I usually don't. The reason that I usually don't is if I cut it straight, I can cut more off. Yeah. If I cut it at an angle, it's harder to. Yeah. Um, I have in the past. Like, the benefit is I can get a tighter draw with more surface area. The downside is if I screw it up, it's screwed up. Um and I did that once, and since then I've typically been like uh, cutting it straight, and I can cut more off. So, is the is the foot of your cigar this the wrapper at the foot the last? You'd say a centimeter. You'd say, yeah, yeah. Jeez, man, you're the measurement guy. It's a different. It's a different leaf. Then it's not a continuation of the entire wrapper leaf. That is correct, right? Where they uh, sort of bound the end, yeah, uh, to allow the slightly shaggy foot to stick out it is a different leaf so interesting construction here i don't know anything about uh cigar construction like what the the wrappers go through other than some demonstrations i've seen and it makes for an interesting sort of uh presentation because it does contrast slightly the rest of the cigar yeah thin white band intemperance cigars no other branding, so it doesn't it doesn't say that this is a BA twenty one. It just says Intemperance Cigars. Again, another reason you could get these confused. Um, 
they don't look the same. Like the wrappers are different and everything. But uh, just remember that's a brand with several different blends. But it is a cool looking cigar. This is like, um, you remember that HBO show Boardwalk Empire? Yeah. Yeah, like I would imagine if they lived nowadays, they would be smoking these. You know, back when back when they actually existed, you probably could only get Candela's. Wait, that's a, is that a, that's a bootlegger show, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. We'll talk about that. Cold draw is pretty typical. Tastes like raisins. Yeah. If anybody says their cigar doesn't taste like that, there's a good chance they got a bad cigar. <laughs> All right. And I think it is time to light up these cigars. And as always, we remind you to gently toast your cigar. Don't roast it. Toasted, not roasted. Toasted, not roasted. Toasted, not roasted. It's toasted. I get it. And I am lighting up with my Zycar Astral K21 Single Flame Torch. Just rolling that cigar around, showing a little love, getting it nice and toasty without catching it on fire, at least not on purpose. And yeah, it's going all right. You're having a good time over there because my lighter is not lighting. My torch. Ooh. Should we name which torch it is or do we want to leave that private? Yeah, yeah. We won't shame the... Oh, I got it. I got it. Damn you, Bick. If you had sponsored the show, I'll bet you your lighter would have worked. It's not even a Bick. It's a Dollar General. The Dollar General version. <laughs> Dollar General. Nice. Hey, man. Two bucks for a butane torch. If it breaks, you buy a new one. Yeah, fire is fire, right? I mean, not really. It could be fire from, like, burning campfire gas. We talked about that. Mm-hmm. You don't want to put that in your cigar. Mm-mm. You could light a chunk of sulfur right out of the mine. It would burn really well but you probably wouldn't want to light your cigar with it fire is not fire thank you i i accept your uh i, re- I recant my statement your recantation yeah did i make that word up is that a real word so uh mine lit pretty easily um the shag uh shag foot toasted pretty well uh but now i'm like just starting to catch the wrapper this is what i don't like about a shag foot yeah. You know, because you can't, you're not getting the flavor of the cigar without the wrapper. Right. You know, the, the majority of the flavor. Um, so I'm going to let it burn a little bit, <clears throat> cleanse my palate, and then give you some thoughts on taste. But uh, I got to tell you, man, this is kind of like a Johnny Badass cigar. Like, it looks badass. I mean, it has that, like, you know, Tommy gun and bespoke suit flair to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. I see that. You know what I, I mean? see that for sure. Like, yeah. You almost feel like, uh, I don't know, like you got to play big band music and and stuff, like smoking this. We're in a speakeasy. We're in a speakeasy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Not, to, not to throw your motif off, but uh, when I was a kid, we used to play in the pool. We used to have these like rubber torpedoes that we would throw at each other underwater. Mm-hmm. And this, like this cigar, the shape of it reminds me of those things. Oh, yeah. Yeah, those were invented after I was a grown-up. <laughs> I think I bought them for my kids yeah. when they came out. But yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, they're super cool because they're like density neutral. So they don't like float or sink really. It's like whatever level of water you Yeah, they glide. They shoot right across. They glide. Yeah. 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 yeah, whoever came up with that was a fucking nerd. But, but a cool fucking nerd. So I think the intemperance is a reference to Prohibition actually, right? Did you read yeah. this? Yeah, they've got a whole... Like brand thing going on, you know. That's why one of the intemperance is the seventeen ninety four whiskey rebellion. Yep. Like it's it's all around like this uh, past history of humanity constraining vices and how devastating that was to the human population. So all of you morons out there that want to make stuff like this illegal, uh, you're a moron. It's like it's like poking fun a little bit too. Yeah, totally. Right. Like here we are with uh, you know, we made it. We made it out of the. Out of the mud, right? Where we can get you can get your Buffalo Trace and your Basil Hayden now, but uh, yeah, that's funny. So this uh, BAXXI is on the shelf at Union Cigar Hanover, retails for uh, ten fifty. And what is that? A box at twenty? Twenty one, I believe. Seven, uh, three rows of seven, right? Twenty four. So sorry. Twenty four. Yeah. And it's three high. 
three stacks of eight. What's the uh, four? The four and six, I believe. Four and six. Four and six, I believe. Yep, that's what it looks like. Shout it's out! It's kind of cool. Shout out to my grade school math teacher. <laughs> four times six, twenty-four. But um, yeah. So the box is kind of almost like a cube. You know, it's not like completely cubical, but close to a cube, uh, which means that it stores well and uh, doesn't take up too much shelf space, which is really cool for retailers. Um, but yeah, like it looks like, you know, a box of illegal goods that you might get off the back of a souped up, uh, you know, Ford Model A or something like that. You expect there to be straw inside the box, you know, and you're like digging cigars out of it yeah, or something. Like a wooden crate yeah, of, yeah. Of, of stash. Yeah, that's what it looks like. It's pretty cool. These boxes are awesome too because uh, if you're a box buyer, and you will take your box and put it straight in your humidor, cooler, Tupperware container, whatever. Like this is the perfect box for it. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the ones with paint on them and right, right. The the non cedar, you know, particle board. Right. You know, they 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 aren't efficient, but this right. one's like really nice. It's a solid cedar. Yeah, it's just wood. Yeah, you can throw it right into a a humidor. Uh, the other thing is this makes a surprisingly good temporary humidor. For your cigar, like you can storm in here with a Boveda pack, it allows it to breathe, um, but not breathe too much. Once you slide that lid all the way in, it closes pretty good. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's it's just overall very uh, utilitarian. Uh, it fits the branding. Uh, it's just cool. I li- I like it. So I think we've uh, got enough wrapper to kind of make some uh, tasting notes. So. Nick, uh, what are your first thoughts on this Intemperance BA Roman 21? I mean, it's awesome. I love uh, Brazilian tobaccos, like, or Brazilian wrappers, I, sh- I should say. I see maybe 5 to 10% of the cigars that we have or mm-hmm. I smoke. And so it's always a, an experience to taste it. And I always, I always think it's going to be like spicy coffee. That's what I always think. But this one is very... Um, very refined. I'm not. There's not a lot of bite. It's uh. It's 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 smooth. I hate using the word smooth because it's. I think it's overused. But yeah, this yeah. is. It's it's not. This cigar is not attacking me. It's you know. It's it's smooth. Yeah, I agree. So, I like a Brazilian wrapper precisely because it's like. Uh, how would I describe it? It's like a um, brawler. It's a brawler wrapper. Like. It comes at you. You know it's there. A pugilist? No, that's too fancy. Oh. But but a, a brawler. Um, you know, it's not uh, it's not like super refined. That's not what I go to it for. I go to it to be, you know, punched in the tonsils. Yeah. And yeah, like spicy coffee yeah. is a pretty good descriptor, I think, of Brazilian rapper. Um, I would say like the, interestingly, I think the, the carrier note on this is probably earth, which I would expect right, yeah. from Brazilian. Um, but then the, uh, the second note that I'm getting is really just like oak or, or some kind of generic wood, um, which is a little bit different. And surprisingly, I'm not really getting spice, which I'm assuming is going to pick up because of the Nicaraguan tobacco. Yeah. Probably maybe right when we get into the fat of the, Mm -hmm. the fat of the cigar. Oh, Nick has his notifications turned up. We remind all guests to silence your electronic devices so you don't ruin the movie for everybody else. Yet, um, and and that's kind of where the smooth is coming from for me is like, uh, it's like smooth wood, you know? Yeah. A little bit of sweetness, like Mm -hmm. still that raisin that you Mm -hmm. alluded to earlier. I don't really know too much about this wrapper. One of the cigars that I really like that uses this wrapper is uh, Caldwell Midnight Express. Yeah. Yep. Um, I like that that cigar a lot, but uh, the Brazilian wrapper is usually Matafina, right? That the it's a predominantly like the CAO Brasilia. Yep, uses that one yep. Matafina wrapper. So this is like a different, a different Brazil. Yeah, I don't know uh, too much about Brazilian tobacco or the differences between Araparaca and Matafino, um, but I do think that the 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 raunchy brawler. Um, aspect that I'm looking for is Matafino, right? So, you know, just like uh, Nicaraguan tobacco, which I'm more familiar with, you know, there's a big difference between Jalapa and Esteli. Um, 
and how the the tobacco comes out. So this is a this is a real treat. You know, it's uh, if you're looking for something different, this is it. You know, this is not a common uh, common wrapper out there on the shelf. And so far, this is a really cool uh, sort of unique combination of strong, uh, earthy, and sweet. And I would call it uh, probably full body. Yeah. You know, it's not a punch you in the throat like a Padron, but it's a full body. Dang, dude. Romacraft is like a mystery to me. I uh, I know they're from Texas. I've seen a couple of YouTube interviews with them. But I can't, like, when I look on the internet, I don't see a website. There's no, I, I can't really find too much on them. Yeah, well, uh, we'll talk about uh, Romacraft in a couple of minutes. But why don't we um, share our tobacconist tip of the week with everybody right now? And now, your tobacconist tip of the week with Nicholas McCann. Oh, nice. Actually, this is a perfect box for this um, topic. So sometimes when you get cigars from a manufacturer or from a store, from an online retailer, boo, um, you get cigars that are a little over-humidified. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, like with pipe tobacco, sometimes the pipe tobacco, the casing um, soaks the pipe tobacco, gets a little wet. Mm-hmm. Um, we suggest that you dry it out before you smoke it. So one of the methods you can do this with with your cigars is uh, called dry boxing, which basically you take a, a cedar box, right, a cedar cigar box, or I guess you could do like a plastic bag and, and cedar sleeves, you know, just kind of surrounded by cedar, with cedar sleeves. I would use, I wouldn't do that just because I'd want it to breathe. Yeah, yeah. You know, the, yeah. the problem with plastic is it's keeping all the humidity in. Yes, you know, very true. Um. So yeah, just leave leave your uh, your slightly over humidified cigars out for um, twelve Overnight. twelve to twenty four hours. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and then retest. Obviously, don't just jump right into the smoking it. Just feel that you know, squeeze those those points, squeeze the foot, um, see if there's enough give, any cracking that you can hear, which is a good indicator of uh, humidity, and uh, and you should be good to go. But the point is. Getting slightly overhumidified cigars is not the end of the world. Yeah, it's it's probably easier to dry a cigar out than it is to rehumidify it. Yeah, right? yeah. definitely can be done faster. I've done the refrigerator method in the past. Mm. You no, know, your refrigerator has a dehumidifier built in. Um, I can often like get the cigar down to the right humidity in like an hour. Yeah. The only thing is, I always warm it back up to room temperature, which is like another hour. Yeah. Um, for whatever reason, like lighting a cold cigar doesn't work very well. And I don't mean that it's hard to get lit. I mean, it doesn't burn right and it tastes different. Um, so you can do that. Um, you might want to check with your significant other before uh, using this method. They're not, <laughs> they're not always happy about cigars in the cheese drawer. Ask me how I know this. It's, it's not a Snickers uh, bar. This is not a Snickers bar. <laughs> uh yeah, thanks for that uh, dry boxing. And uh, yeah, like when you're when you buy cigars online, it's Russian roulette. I will tell you though, um, my bigger problem with you know when I've purchased online is dry cigars. Like yeah. I'm I'm shocked at how frequently I get cigars and they're just not humidified. And uh, I don't I don't buy online. You know, one of the reasons for that is I like to support my local brick and mortar. You know, the lounge is central to the cigar experience. I want to keep that alive. But the other reason is I get to actually see, touch, feel, taste the cigar. Well, I mean, I don't get to taste it really before I buy it. But you know what I mean. I can actually test the quality of the cigar and know that I'm getting a good product. Um, It hasn't been dug out from the bottom of a pallet in the back of a warehouse in the basement of, uh, you know, some giant company somewhere. So... you are uh, likely to get cigars that aren't really the quality you're looking for. And if they're a little wet, dry box it. Yep. All right, thanks for that, Nick. Um, so, yeah, let's talk about Romacraft and also starting up a cigar company. Um, so Romacraft is just a baby in the in terms of the cigar industry. They were founded in 2012 by Mike Rosales and Skip Martin. I think Skip's name is probably familiar to a lot of guys in the yeah cigar industry and also uh i don't know whatever happened to it but i remember it's been about a year and a half ago um i think it was cigar aficionado somebody announced that 
Skip was working with Ernesto Perez Carrillo on something special, but I don't know whatever mm. came out of that. Interesting. Yeah. But he's got connections is the point, right? Yeah. And of course, Carrillo is probably like the godfather of like boutique brands and stuff, right? Like, yeah, he's got his fingers and all of that stuff. We got to do a Carrillo at one point. Yeah, we do. I pretty much like all of their stuff. Mental note. Mental note. For all of you guys out there listening, we're just uh, planning our podcast live on air. Or not live, as the case may be. So, uh, yeah, so uh, Romacraft, uh, they uh, manufacture their cigars in Nicaragua. Um, is it the Nico Sueña factory? As you say, so this, yeah, one of the stickers on the box is, yep, uh, Nico Sueño, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which I don't know, uh, I don't know who else makes I don't know who else makes their cigars there. I think they built it. So it's it's Roma Crafts factory. Yeah, yeah I I think it is. I might uh pull this up real quick. You know what we need? We need like a uh show handler that just sits here and shuts the fuck up and Google stuff for Dude, us. Dude, that's what Joe Rogan has. Oh yeah, that's right. That guy that he puts a, puts the pictures up. I would yeah. ha- I, I would have had him put the picture up with the tor- the kids torpedo pool toy. Yeah, I'm show, sure that show a picture. Uh, I'm sure that we can afford everything that Joe Rogan does. Yeah, given the uh, incredible amount of revenue that we're generating with this podcast, we are. Thanks to all of you guys out there uh, supporting the show. Speaking of supporting the show, on a serious note, uh, we do have a uh, email address. So I got to start giving that out at the beginning of the show. But if you have questions, comments, something you'd like us to try or do, you want to tell me how handsome I am. Um, it is burnlinepodcastmail at gmail.com, and you can throw us a an email there. I think that's right. Let me look it up. <clears throat> wow, let me start that over again. It's just burnlinepodcast at gmail.com. I had to try like 17 different combinations before I found something where Gmail was like, yeah, that's not taken yet. We're going to get to a point, I think, in, in humanity where... Uh None of these names are available. No, like you're going to be assigned one at birth. Yeah, like yeah. your your email is like assigned, like it's on your birth certificate. Yeah, so. it's going to be your 47 digit uh, numerical code, that's right? Tattooed right. on your arm and on your forehead. Yeah, be it'll be three digits that are all the same. Um, so and Romacraft is Roman. You you might notice the R and the M are both capitalized. Yeah, that's from Rosales and Martin, the first two letters of their last names. Nice. So, and they had worked together before, right? So, uh, Rosales is uh, probably most famous for being a uh, tobacco broker. Um, oh, cool. Costa Rican Imports, I think, nice. was the name of his uh, brokerage. Um, and then Gal- Galveston Bay Tobacco is a retail cigar shop in Galveston Bay in Texas. That's uh, Skip Martin. Um, so, Skip, yeah, he's a, he's a pretty common you know, dare I say famous yeah. cigar name in the U.S. You know, we don't have, like, as many uh, celebrities, you know, as um, Nicaragua does, for example, or, or Cuba or Dominican Republic. Um, yeah. But uh, they they got together, and I think they, uh, they were working on stuff before they formed the company. I think they started putting some stuff out around 2010. Um, they came up with Cro-Magnon together, the Aquitaine. You remember that one? Yeah, Aquitaine's awesome. Yeah, so originally the both of those cigars were sold at the Galveston Bay um, shop. Galveston Bay Tobacco, uh, unbanded. Oh. So they worked together on both of those, came up with these blends, yeah. and sold them as generic cigars just at Skip Martin's store. Before they built the brand. Right, right. Oh. <clears throat> yeah, it says... Uh I'm just reading a little bit here. Martin owns Nicosuenio. Right. They formed it together yeah. in Esteli in yeah. 2011. And then their master blender, I guess, is Esteban Disla. Right. Which right. is, he's a, I mean. He's a big name, too. Yeah. He's a good master blender. Um, so you were talking about who else makes their cigars there. Um, so it's not a case where Romacraft is having other people make their cigars. Like um, Crowned Heads does, for example. Yeah. Uh, Roma Craft makes their own cigars. However, they also make cigars for other people. Mm-hmm. 
So yes, other cigars are produced in this factory, which you kind of have to do, you know, to to pay the bills, right? There's a certain amount of volume, and you know, we won't get too deep into the business side of things, but there has to be a certain amount of production to cover overhead and stuff like that. Um, but uh, you know, kind of given the quality of the cigars coming out of the factory, that's pretty cool, you know. Yeah, and some guys don't want to get into the production side; they'd rather just outsource production. Right, right. And keep it about marketing and distribution. Um, some guys want to be grassroots and they want to, you know, be there from when the seed gets put in the soil and from when it gets harvested and rolled and sent out. Um, yeah. And all of those approaches work. You know, outsourcing production is a really smooth move if yeah. you can get a factory that has, you know, skilled workers that produce well. Like, replicating that is a challenge. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in the early days, I remember... Uh, Roma Craft having some challenges with construction and stuff like that. You know, it was clear that they were kind of starting up. Um, but being invested in that, I think, allows them a much higher level of control and also, you know, opportunity. If you are outsourcing production, you're fighting other people that need right. production. Um, you know, your control over costs and stuff like that is challenging. So right now they're, uh, you know, making cigars for other people. If you know, if, if Romacraft like blows up, well, they can just kick those guys out and yeah, make exactly. their own cigars. Yeah, right. And the 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 guys that outsource through them with them are at the are at the mercy of their mm-hmm. kind of you know how how Romacraft does and how other production companies want to do their thing. Right, right. So it's really like you know indicative of a long term vision, which is kind of cool. Like you know, it, it gives me a lot of confidence in the company. Like they're they're here to stay. They've got some serious money rolled up in this and they're taking the steps to you know really uh keep the brand alive and i think a lot of these guys um robert caldwell comes to mind for me for example where he has a great relationship with uh tobacalera ventura ventura um and like they him and uh henderson i believe his name is because it's tobacalera william ventura robert caldwell and henderson ventura the kid just have a great working relationship, right? They do everything together mm-hmm. and it works. I don't think Caldwell has a stake in the factory, but, and Hender, I don't think Henderson has a stake in the company in Caldwell, but you know, they, it's a, it's a, it's a mutual relationship. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, currently I don't know if, uh, Galveston, Galveston Bay tobacco is still around or rebranded or who, but, um, I do know that Skip moved to Nicaragua. So he actually manages the factory. Um, so again, like the level of commitment, like they're all in, this is a real thing. It's not going anywhere. Um, Rosales focuses on the distribution, right? So they really carved that baby up well, and, uh, it seems to be working. You know, Roma Craft is probably really, you know, as far as boutique brands go, like they're on the edge, you know, of kind of not being boutique anymore. So they, they manage that with their branding, with their brands, you know, limited production runs and that sort of thing, um, and slowly expanding their portfolio. You know, they didn't just drop a bunch of stuff uh, on folks. And then they, they all play well together. You know, the whole intemperance line is kind of a coherent theme. Um, so I think the, uh, the strategy around brand building and releasing cigars has been really cool and contributed to their ability to, to grow. And we are so far from the epicenter of Romacraft uh, being Texas, mm-hmm. right? So, like, I can't, you know, they're big here. People love them around this area on, on the eastern coast. But I can't I can't imagine what it's like in Texas. They're probably huge. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, also, South Carolina, when I was in uh, Charleston, um, you know, a lot of folks don't know Charleston is, like, the second most cigar-smoking city after Miami. What? Yeah. Uh, in the USA. And uh, I had five lounges I could drive to within like 15 minutes. Oh, my gosh. And there was a group, you know, that I was kind of sort of part of. And we would go to different shops the same night. So we would go to the one shop for like the poker tournament. We'd go to the next one for the pool. You know, we'd go to the next one because, well, he's the one that has this type of cigar. And we got to support everybody, you know. And because the uh, state laws are a little more... uh, congenial device you know there was beer on tap at all of these wow um yeah like the tax revenue and stuff generated by just 
being smart and getting your head out of your ass is amazing, and I would encourage all politicians to do similar. Um, so this is a statement from Roma Craft Tobacco on their website. Our philosophy is simple. Combine quality tobacco, experienced craftsmen, and the right amount of time, and you will produce great cigars. Never compromise in these areas, and you will be able to produce great cigars consistently. And I can kind of tell that that philosophy drives their craftsmanship. So we are, uh, I don't know, I'm about an inch in maybe on my cigar. Does that sound about right? Uh, mine's burning okay. Um, I think the strength of the draw is perfect. I like that. Um, you know, it requires a little bit of pressure, but not too much. Um, the burn is, I think I would say just over adequate. You know, it's uh, got a couple of issues. One of the things that I'm noticing is if you look at the color and shape of the ash. Yeah. Um, there's not as much age on this tobacco as I would like. Yeah. You can you can see that there's some uh, graying right. and yellowish ash, and and some of that comes from, you know, like ammonia yeah. in the leaf still. Yeah. So I would like to see that uh, improved. But I am getting a good mouthful of smoke from it. It's. Not uh, light on smoke, but it's not heavy either. I'd say it's right in the middle. And at this point in the cigar, I'm definitely getting a little more uh, pepper. And I don't know, uh, dare I say this, but a lot of that pepper taste in the first third uh, can be from ammonia. So if you have a cigar that you know haven't, hasn't off-gassed enough the leaves, it'll kind of taste like pepper at first uh, as you get closer to the head of the cigar it'll start tasting like ammonia more than pepper. Yeah, this is chemistry at the end of the day, right? Uh, organic material breaking down. Yep. Yes, a pallone is a carefully controlled compost pile. Yeah, exactly. Um, some other, you know, sort of uh, favorite brands of Romacraft um, includes the Cro-Magnon. Oh, yeah. That uh, one's the, I love that one. Yeah. The Neanderthal. Mm -hmm. Neanderthal. Uh, the craft and the Wunderlust. Mm -hmm. So might be uh, familiar with those as well. And I think uh, I think that sweet we were talking about, um, I think I would start to characterize that as caramel at this point. Okay. Um, that's the sort of sweet that I'm tasting. Yeah. And it, it feels like the wood, like the wood note is still there, but it sort of evolved. So now it's like if I took an oak plank and I dipped it in caramel, mm -hmm. yeah. and then I rolled it in dirt, mm -hmm. but not like dirt, dirt, but like that rich black topsoil that you put, you pot your plants in. You know, that's kind of uh, that's kind of what I'm getting. Yeah, mulch, fresh, fresh mm. mulch. Yeah, yeah, that dark mulch. Yeah, 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 exactly. So, the uh, the subtle minimalist style is definitely a hallmark of Roma craft. Like, yeah. uh, I haven't seen anything, you know, fancy from them. It's all like, what is this? Uh, about an eight millimeter band. That's like exactly eight millimeters. Tiny. Absolutely tiny. Yeah. Very subtle embossing. Slim. Dramatic. Um, no like gold foil or anything like that. And that kind of carries across their line. Um, they are, uh, you know, getting big. They expanded to Europe in 2016. Um, you know, the Wonderlust, which was produced for the German market. Um, the Van so. Wanderlust. Wanderlust, yeah. <laughs> That's the one. And yeah, definitely a full-bodied uh, full cigar. I'm enjoying it with my black coffee. I uh, will typically drink coffee with my cigars. <clears throat> At least in the morning. Um, I found that like the flavor and oil in coffee complements cigars pretty well. And it's interesting because coffee is a product that, you know, is often grown in similar climates. Yeah. Um, and so it's just interesting that they, they pair. Now, something that does not pair very easily is wine. Uh, we, we'll probably do an episode where we're pairing wine and cigars. Yeah, and we should. Yeah. Like if you nail it, it is fucking amazing. Yeah. But, like, getting there is a challenge. And, and part of that is just, like, 
if you think there's a broad range of cigar flavors to choose from, try wine, man. Yeah. Like, oh my gosh, you know. It's like all these agricultural products, coffee, wine, yeah. cigars have just yeah. expanded, blown up, and there are endless, endless, endless possibilities. Right. Yeah, and with wine, you know, the, the sweet element is what's challenging, like matching that with your cigar. Yeah. You know, like I wouldn't match this with a sweet wine probably. Um, I think I think that this would match with like a very meaty but dry yeah. wine, like a cab yep. actually, yeah. you know. I had this cab... A couple of years ago, we were having this uh, sort of fancy meal over at Antrim, and uh, it was like roast duck with uh, foie gras, and we paired it with this uh, cab, and the host was a little annoyed that I asked for something that paired a little better with the duck. He's like, this is perfect. What are you talking about? Uh, but, But the problem was, you know, and I didn't argue with him because, you know, like he's the host, so I'm not gonna argue with him. But uh, it was iodine. It had too much of an iodine flavor oh. in the cab that you know clashes with foie gras, which is a you know a subtly sweet uh, flavor. But you know we can't all have palates like mine, so that's why I have a cigar podcast, and he is serving people in a restaurant. If you guys could see John right now, his nose is sticking straight up in the air. Straight up in the air. It's I almost, would drown if it was raining. It's almost touching the ceiling. No, but on on a serious note, like pairing wines, I think is probably the most challenging thing I've done trying to pair with cigars, just because there's such a broad range to choose from, and uh, so much flavor, you know, in the wine, and you you don't want them competing, you know, and clashing. Whiskey's a lot easier in my mind. Um, something else that pairs really well with cigars that is not as popular as tea. Tea, yeah, yeah. Uh, tea can pair fantastic with cigars. It's like a, I feel like that's like a European English market UK uh, specialty. Yeah, probably. Yeah, but tea has a, a high oil content, and what you can do is coat your palate mm. with it, okay. and then that changes the cigar experience, right? And so if you nail it, like it's like whoa, you know, this is like really cool. You know, you can bring out different flavors like the pepper in the cigar or something. Um, so I don't know how we got off on that tangent, but coming back to the cigar, um, I think the flavors have like amplified but not really changed, Yeah, and I think there's a little more sweetness in there than when we started. I will tell you, the first couple of puffs, um, I had to kind of ignore because that uh, shag foot, it's just not, uh, it's just not, it's not designed to taste, right? It's, it's cosmetic, I think, um. But yeah, that's my take on it. Now, I love the closed foot. Yeah, give us as much wrapper as possible. Yeah, like with a closed <laughs> foot, I can smoke like just the wrapper and get that uh, holy shit, you know. That BG Reserve. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, street tacos. Yeah, yeah, that's what, that, that shit's awesome. Yeah, this I, for me, it's this is moving away from sweetness. Okay. It's moving into... Um, is it moving into bitter? Coffee bitter. Yeah. Yep, that's um, exactly where it is. I will tell you that... Uh, I would probably peg that to ammonia content. Mm. That's a hallmark of uh, still having some some gases to release from the cigar. Um, and if we're being fair, I think that my expectation and standards for this cigar are probably higher than other cigars at this price point. Yeah. Um, that Like the way that this is packaged and sold, despite being like obviously intentionally rustic. Right. It's so well put together, the packaging and presentation, you know, and it's like boutique, like yeah. I'm imagining, you know, some mama Sita rolling this on her thighs kind of thing, you yeah, know, yeah. one of those, uh, those, uh, imaginary ideas about how cigars are made kind of, you know, like somebody was watching the leaf as they clipped it off of, you know, each individual leaf off of the stalk. And then they, you know, and skip, obviously that's not <laughs> skip ki- kisses each cigar. As yes, they leave the yes, factory. Exactly. Like, yeah, he's like sniffing each leaf and yeah. like, you know, all of <clears throat> Yeah, probably not how that goes down, you know? So, uh, I want to be careful. Like, I think my expectations are higher than they should be. Yeah. This is a, a cigar that you want to fall in love with. It is. Yeah. 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 Which is, uh, a great nod to the the marketing team mm-hmm. and the design, but also I think the oh fuck, what's the word? Well, the, the, just like the brand, the mission statement of the yeah. of the brand, yeah, like what they built, right. 
you know, is very, uh, very well crafted. Um, but I think, you know, if I'm just being honest about the cigar I'm smoking today, uh, the, the tobacco probably should have cured longer. It's okay. It's good. So that's where we're at, uh, with this cigar. And on that note, Nick, it is time for Cigar News of the Week. Cigar News. Here is your host, Nicholas McCann. So, uh... Two pieces this week. First piece is that Drew Estate announced the Liga Pravada H99 Papas Fritas. So if you like the H99 blend or the current existing Papas or Nasty Fritas, really, um, this is something that you will want to look out for. Um, They announced it on a Freestyle Live on the evening of June 8th, I believe. So that is awesome. Good job, Drew Estate, for releasing yet another cigar. So, is does that mean that so is Papa's Frit is just the size then? Is it an H ninety nine cigar in that size? Yes, okay. uh, essentially. Yeah, I don't know. Yes, I think that's that's correct. Because the Papa's Fritas, like it's in a, like it's its own vitola. Yeah, and it's like smaller than a petite Corona. Yeah, what is it like a forty two by? It's I think it's a four. And a half by forty four, or four and, four and a half, half by, by forty two. Yeah, like it's it's a really unique shape, and it smokes surprisingly longer than you expect. And it's a sandwich, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, I, uh, I didn't. Know, they, I guess that's why they can keep the price down. Yeah, they it. take clippings from the number nine blend. Gotcha. So it's and a Cuban they, sandwich. Yeah. Yes. Um, and so then this one, they like wrote, "Oh, we've been saving the clippings from all the H ninety nine we've made," which is funny. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, that is, that is that's fucking hilarious. That that explains it then, because uh, the Papa's Fritas is a fantastic introduction, you know, to the legal line because it's so affordable. What are what are they five bucks? Yeah, yeah, uh, six maybe six. Yeah, maybe six bucks. Um, Great flavor. Yeah, yeah. I think the uh, legal line is famous for people that like strong cigars. Yep. Strong and flavorful. Yeah, because the the year the rat and the you have 13. You'll pay $18, $19 right. for one of those. Dude, the Phineas Gage. Yeah. I can't remember. Was that like 23 bucks or something? Yeah, it's a... Holy shit. Yeah. That knocked me on my ass. So, okay, think, so that, that's the H99 blend. Right. Yeah. Right. That's why I brought it up. Yeah. And it's a... Uh, the one I bought is a um, uh, Lancero, yep. which we won't start that argument. <laughs> but uh, in between relights, um, it was super strong. And I, I literally think I smoked half of it. And then I was like, I'm done. Yeah. You know? We'll talk about the Phineas Gage off air, I think. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you guys can't be part of that conversation. We're about to we're about to get real on Phineas Gage. Honestly, I'd love to smoke one for the show. Anyway, um, the second- if you think we should smoke the Phineas Gage on the show, go to burnlinepodcast at gmail dot com. Drop us a note, and uh, if enough of you say smoke it, we will smoke it on air, and uh, I will vomit off air like I did for the blackened episode. Do they know about that? I don't th- I have think that was the, that? that was the big reveal. Have we said that that was the big reveal? Yeah. I will tell you, that whiskey and that cigar that early in the morning was probably a stupid fucking idea. Dude, that was a fantastic episode. Oh, it was good. I, I had so much fun. Especially my singing. I'm awesome. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, H99, Cuban Sandwich, Papa's Free Test. What else have we got this week? And then this one, this next piece of news is uh, State News West Coast. Nevada passed a bill, Nevada state legislator passed a bill to cap cigar tax at 50 cents. Nice. And it's moving to the governor's desk, uh, I guess, as we speak. And you better fucking sign it. Yeah, so from a uh, consumer standpoint, of course, I like that. Um, But just as a citizen, like every time cigar tax is capped, tax revenue goes up. Right. This is basic economics, and I don't know why you can be elected to state legislature and not know the basics of business. Like, I feel like you should have to have either a business or engineering degree you know, to be elected, and this is one reason why everyone is so concerned about China. Did you know that you have to have an engineering degree to be a politician in China? Uh, good. Yeah. Like, you can have a law degree and all that. Good for you. But you have to have an engineering degree, and that's why they build so much shit. Yeah, basic, you know? basic understanding of how the things in our world work. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So this, so this uh, tax cap. So 
I guess there are two ways that the the state states can go, right? One is the the tax cap at a dollar value, and another is a percentage, right? So you right. can do five. So Nevada could have passed a five percent right. uh, uh, cigar tax, and then that that is taxed five percent on any purchase within the state, and so that could go from five percent on three dollars to five percent on two hundred dollars. Right. But the fifty cents makes it. That's as much as you're going to pay per stick. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Yep. Yeah. Rhode Island did something similar and they actually, they introduced the bill as, you know, we're going to cap, I think it was 32 cents or something. We're going to cap it at this rate and for one year, if tax revenue goes up, it's going to be permanent. And if it doesn't, then we'll revert. And it didn't just go up. It was like 250% or something, you know, and Rhode Island is a small state. You can fucking just drive across state lines, you know, and get something else so uh smart move you know if you're in like uh, north dakota or something you can kind of do whatever you want because there's nothing for miles you know not going to drive to montana or something to to get cigars um and uh i guess speaking of news we might as well bring it up here uh the pga merged with live golf in groundbreaking earth-shattering news and so but here's the details PGA didn't actually merge with Liv. PIF. They merged with PIF. Yeah. And as part of the deal, guess who is out or unnecessary at this point? Greg Norman? I don't know. Yes. Really? Yes. Is he? Yes. Wow, poor guy. <laughs> he he really got the short end of that stick. And I'm I'm not like really crying for him because I thought his public behavior was, you know, not that of a, a gentleman or even a grown up. Um you know, throughout the whole thing. So kind of you make your bed, you sleep in it sort of thing. Not that I would wish bad on anybody, but, you know, actions and words have consequences. Um, so, yeah, basically, uh, from what I can understand, Liv and PGA are going to coexist. Um, they're they're different. They don't, they're not really going to compete. But um, PGA now has uh, merged with PIF. And uh, I guess PIF has, like, right of refusal in the arrangement. Uh, but in theory, PGA could just kill the Live brand completely. They probably won't. Uh, they could accept PGA Tour members back, and it's probably just a way to balance out the talent. You know, they'll they'll probably, I imagine, they'll keep Live Golf going and just try to differentiate it as a product. But it will give them the chance to, you know, welcome DeChambeau back into the fold or whatever. Yeah, I think two things contributed to this, and this is where I get uh, opinionated. The first is Brooks Koepka won the PGA Championship a couple weeks ago. And so uh, I think that sent a message to the PGA Tour that said, hey, you're not the superior tour. Like, there are guys on live that are world-class players. Right. And it's not that we didn't know that already. I mean, the, you know, Phil Mickelson, Sergio Garcia, Brooks Koepka, Bryson DeChambeau, these are, these are fucking studs. Yeah. Um, but the PGA was, like, hoping that for the first couple of years it would be just PGA Tour members or, right. or right. DP World Tour members, which is – Equivalent to a European tour now, um, so that they could, then the PGA Tour could could come to the table and say, "Well, look, you guys haven't won a, a major event, and right, you know, obviously, live is bad for the game. Obviously, live is, you know, blah 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 blah." And I think the second thing too is, um, I can't imagine live made. Uh, they lost money. Full stop. Exactly. They're paying out too much. Yeah. Yeah. The events. I mean, the the events that just the salaries. Well, yeah, four hundred million dollars signing bonus mm-hmm. between Dustin Johnson and Brooks Kepka. I mean, I'm sure they were close to eight hundred million, mm-hmm. which are probably two of the biggest names in golf. Mm-hmm. And so they're not getting the they're not getting the the, the PGA Tour sponsors because the tour right. went to their sponsors and said, "If you guys leave us, you're done. We're never we're never yeah. letting you back." Yeah, they needed the money. PGA needed the talent. I think it all worked out, and I think it's a actually a good economics lesson that. You know, competition is always better for everybody. You know, I don't want to hear any of this, uh, you know, talk about monopolies are good for tech companies and all that because it is bullshit and I can demonstrate it mathematically. Um, All right. So you are listening to the dulcet tones of your uh, resident NBA cigar guy. Um, But Nick the Brick is actually a golfer. And didn't you like golf in college? I did. Yeah. I have a year of Division One golf under my belt. Yeah. So Division One golf uh so he kind of knows uh, about golf and i uh i really enjoy golf and and i follow it and i am 
absolutely terrible at it. So probably probably not this summer because I got a lot of shit going on. But uh, I think I'm going to take lessons. You know, there's that place down uh, across the border that uh, what is it? Island Green. Yeah, they got the driving range. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like I'll just go buy a bucket of balls and just drive. You know. Yeah. I can't drive. I can actually putt pretty good. Um, I can't chip at all. I can chip out of a sand trap because I'm not afraid of hitting the ground. Yeah. But like if I'm in the rough or whatever, I fuck that up every time. I'm terrible. Burnt line live from the 19th green, 19th hole. And we are live from the 19th hole. <laughs> we would appreciate it if everyone would hold their applause until after we are done smoking. The Have you heard that uh, ad for, uh, what is it, Diamond Crown? Where they're like acting like they're golf announcers. Oh, really? They're like, yeah, they're on the back patio of the Jensen Estate and... Oh, look at that precision burn, Tom. Is it cheesy? It's pretty cheesy. All right. Yeah. It's kind of cool, but yeah. Uh, yeah. That's, <clears> a th- <throat> that's the thing that people make fun of Like every time I was growing up. The like, golf oh, announcers. Go- yeah, golf yeah. clap. Oh, you yeah. got to be quiet at the golfer. Dude, these places get rowdy. Mm. There's, a, there's a tournament every year called the Waste Management Open in, in Phoenix, Arizona at TPC something or other. And, uh, and the 16th hole is a party hole. Yeah, I was gonna say there was a there was a tournament recently, and I think it was overseas. I can't remember, but uh, they had like one hole where it was like this is the and and so the guy like he makes his shot, and then they're just throwing like beer cans yeah, and dude. shit on the, they, yeah, so on they, the t- box or whatever. They call these stadium holes. Yeah, where yeah. They surround the entire par three with stands, right? And and they serve a shit ton of beer. Yeah, and people uh, like it's it's like a bunch of college kids. Yeah. Um, and they get freaking hammered and they go Do wild. Stuff. Yeah, yeah, they go wild when someone makes a hole in one or, or hits a, a shot close. It's it's pretty cool. Yeah, here at Burnline, we're like super sophisticated and we definitely don't hold truck with like, you know, getting drunk and being stupid. No, I'm lying. Um, okay, so thanks for that uh, cigar news. More to come on the golf front if you are a golf fan. I, I think this is good for the sport. I can't wait to see what happens next. Um, Coming back to this uh, Roma Craft cigar, um, I think uh, I think the burn has been adequate. Um, I don't think it's where I would want it to be. Looking at the the way that the cigar is colored and ashing, I think the tobacco should have been uh, cured more. You know, so this is not like time in the pilon. This is the curing prior to that, uh, where this magic happens. This particular magic, I think, oak earth caramel and some bitter uh, in there for sure. Are you getting a lot of changes? I'm not. It's uh, It's been pretty steady. How about you? Yeah, me too. I'm trying to relight mine right now. Um, yeah, it's been it's been uh, transitioning between the hint of sweetness to the bitter coffee to the like you said the kind of the mulch mm-hmm. mulchy. Yeah, yeah, I like that actually. Like that dark mulch, it really does. Yeah. You know, with that very slight, almost spruce bitter that uh, you can smell when you open up that bag of mulch. Yeah. And Nick is dealing with the challenge of being a cigar podcaster, which is how do I talk and puff on a cigar at the same time? Well, I, I was using my lighter. It stopped working, and then I grabbed your lighter, and it also stopped working. Oh, did you try turning it up? Because it's a single flame. Like, you light one cigar, and then you have to turn it up. Is, and it, then supposed, you light one is it supposed and then... to be soft flame? No, but it is kind of. It has that diffuser. You see that like strip underneath oh, yeah. the. Yeah, it lets airflow through there. Don't turn it up all the way, or it'll put itself out. Oh my goodness! It's too much pressure. Man, oh, and we're out of fire. I'm just waiting for these pop filters. So if you guys aren't familiar with like audio equipment, um, there's like this uh, mesh disc in front of the mic that kind of prevents us from slobbering all over it and stuff. And I'm just waiting for it to turn like brown from all of the smoke we blow into it while we're trying to talk and puff on a cigar so uh anyway um that's kind of where we're at with the roma craft and i think it is time for us to uh rate this cigar and nick is breaking out the old-fashioned matches (laughs) and he can't get it to strike on the box the cigar gods have spoken you are not allowed to finish this cigar yeah we're, we're done for the morning we are done all right, while Nick struggles to be a caveman and reinvent fire, we are going to go ahead and rank this cigar. As usual, we have a 50-point ranking system. 
we rank five virtues of the cigar on a scale of one to ten. And we're going to start with presentation. So, Nick, tell me about the presentation of this intemperance. Pretty freaking cool. I love the shape. Show Perfecto NV size, 550. Uh, sweet box, but super simple box. And uh, this snake like, snake tree thing is pretty freaking cool, too. It's uh, There's a little bit of a religious motif to it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's cool. Awesome. Uh, eight. Eight for presentation from Nick. And I give this one a solid nine. I think uh, the branding is spot on for intemperance cigars. I think it's very well done. All of the colors go together, the simplicity, all of that. So I give it a nine. And uh, let's move on to price. So this retails for ten fifty here at Union Cigar Hanover. Uh, Nick, what are you thinking in terms of price for this BA Roman 21 NV 5x50? Uh, I don't have any. I don't have any problem with it. I think it's a fair price, small factory, wood box, eight, eight for price from Nick. I have no serious gripes. Uh, I'm going to go with a seven on uh, price. I think it is well priced, but uh, you know, not not a value. I think it's just uh, right where it should be. Correct. Yeah. So I will give that a seven. And uh, construction. Nick, what are your thoughts on construction? Uh, My Bob the Builder construction rating. (laughs) So this, I mean, it got a little spongy for me. Um, That's not necessarily a construction issue, but um, the burn's been good. The draw's been good. Uh, I give this a seven. Seven for construction from Nick. Um, I'm in a similar boat. I think the draw is adequate. Uh, I can change that by clipping a little bit more off, which I'm going to do right now. Right, this will open up the draw a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. the The foot of the cigar was a little spongy for me. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to go ahead and roll in the curing issue under construction. I think I'm going to give this one a six for construction. I think Romacraft can do better here, to be honest with you. And that brings us to flavor. So, what are your thoughts on flavor? Um, the, I mean, everything, yeah, the flavor has been good. Um, I give it a seven. Seven. I don't, this isn't like my, my bailiwick, my wheelhouse, right? I I think there are some people who would love this flavor, like dark, Mm -hmm. um, earthy tones. Um, I like my cigars a little bit more naturally sweet and a little bit more of like a sweet wood. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think the and the bitter component picked up throughout. Like that, that got stronger, and the sweet dropped off. I think, um, I think seven is a great rating for flavor here. I've got a seven as well. Um, it's good. the The flavor is good. I think some people this is going to be a ten for flavor, right? Um, and I think for some people it's probably going to be three. Yep. Um, I think seven is pretty flair, f- fair there. Um, all right, so let's talk about experience, Nick. What uh, What's your rating on experience? Um. I'm pretty underwhelmed, to be honest with you. Romacraft's a great brand, and I think that we I will definitely smoke any other cigar that is given to me by them, but I have to give this a six. Six from Nick on experience, which is interesting because I also have a six uh, for experience. Uh, here's what I think. I think that the sort of zeitgeist that the branding and packaging introduces <clears throat> gets me excited and the cigar didn't live up to it, right? I think that if the tobacco was cured properly and uh, maybe there was less of that, I mean, I, I can definitely, like, I'm in the last third. It's ammonia. Yeah. You know, full stop, it's yeah. ammonia. And that's where that bitterness was coming from. I think without that, this would be an eight, you know, maybe a nine. Well, and that ammonia dominates the rest of the flavors. It does. Like, yeah. it just kills it. And that's, that's why it's undesirable, you know. There's other flavors, like... Uh, you know, if you get into candela wrappers, right, you have that, like, grass, sure. garden weed flavor. Yep. But you might not like that flavor, but it doesn't kill the rest of the cigar, kill right. the flavors. It's right. just a different type. Um, a lot of CAO products have, like, fresh mown grass uh, flavor in them. You might not like the flavor, but it doesn't kill the rest. But ammonia does, and to me that's probably... Um, <laughs> You know what? What brings this down? Yeah, they I set think, up. They set up this with the whole uh, prohibition movement, and then the snake with the tree. They set up this whole forbidden fruit 
yeah, uh, yeah, definitely like motif. And then like you open the box, and you, like you said, they set you up. They set you up for it to be really good. And who knows? Maybe we got a bad box, or not a bad box, but a uh, production uh, variance. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, could be. Um, all right, so that brings us to a total score of 9, 17, 24, 31, 37 for the Romacraft Intemperance BA21 NV 5x50, which retails for 1050 here at Union Cigar Hanover, Pennsylvania, USA. And for some context, the 20-acre farm by Drew Estate also scored a 37 last week. So that's uh, about where this stick is positioned. Uh, the only thing I'll say about the difference between the two is I think the 20 acre farm scored like right where I expected it to be. Yeah. And with this cigar, it scored lower than I expected. It, sh- it, it should to. have been a forties. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think it should have hit the forties. Um, and I think they can, and I will say that I have smoked room craft cigars that were definitely hit that. Um, but this one not, uh, not hitting the mark today. So we are, uh, Thankful for the opportunity to smoke a cigar, um, but we're always honest with the audience about our experience, and that's what we had today. So, And Romacraft will be back on this show. And Romacraft will be back on this show, for sure. But not before Phineas Gage. <laughs> so, if you or a loved one has ever had a railroad spike driven through your head and had your personality changed dramatically, be sure to drop us a line at burnlinepodcast at gmail.com and let us know all about that, and you may be featured on the show. Um, just a uh, word of caution there. If you do not want us to read your email on the show, please let us know in the email so that we don't accidentally dox you and have your crazy ex-wife uh, come after you. So. <laughs> You're still spending money on cigars? God damn it. <laughs> yes, you lost to that battle. Uh, hairdresser or cigar? Um, all right, so enough of our misogyny. We're going to sign off for the week. Thank you, everyone, for joining Burnline Podcast. As always, it's a pleasure, and we look forward to joining you again next week. Mm-hmm.